Tandem Nomads, episode 46. And that starting businesses is like almost a religion. Anything you want to start, if you want it to grow, if you want to make something of it, you are going to go into it wholeheartedly. Welcome to Tandem Nomads, where inspiring expat partners from around the world share with you how they turn the challenges of relocation into great opportunities. So are you following your partner abroad for his or her career? Then Tandem Nomads is the place for you. Go to tandemnomads.com and sign up for the newsletter. Nomad Nation, before we go into the topic of this episode, I have a quick announcement for you. We are going to have a voice party very soon. A huge party on the Tandem Nomads podcast where we can hear and where you can share your voice with us. I really can't wait to celebrate with you this voice party where you can send me a little message and I will share it on Tandem Nomads for the 50th episode of Tandem Nomad. So for more details, stay put until the end of this episode. I will share all the information with you on how you can do that and celebrate with us and be part of this great voice party. Hello Nomad Nation, this is Emel Deregi and I'm very excited to introduce you to Erin Long. Erin, are you ready for the ride? I'm ready. Erin Long is American and a certified speech therapist. She quit her job to join her husband who works for the foreign services and went living with her family in Mexico, Brazil and today she lives in Serbia. While moving from a country to another, she had this brilliant idea to start online speech therapy services to be able to help the English native speaking community around the world and particularly expat children. She created her company Worldwide Speech and became a certified practitioner by the American Telemedicine Association in telepractice. And for the last five years, she has become a leader in teletherapy within the speech pathology community, influencing teletherapy policy and training programs. So Erin, this is a very, very quick overview of who you are. Is there anything I missed and what's happening in your world today? No, I think that that really covered it. Thank you very much. Um, yeah, we um, Worldwide Speech does uh, online speech therapy, but now we are also doing online um, occupational therapy and online reading support and physical therapy. So we have really grown to wow. provide more services. This is fantastic. So let's start at the beginning of your journey and see how you did grow this amazing company. Okay. Um, so tell us what you were doing before you left to Mexico. So um, before... Uh, my husband and I decided that it would be okay for him to join the Foreign Service. I had just finished my degree in speech pathology and communication disorders, and I was working at a school. And we were getting married, and I just uh, decided one day, you know, I don't think I'm cut out for life in the suburbs. I don't think I'm cut out for... A typical life and I don't know why but I've always thought that since I was a child and I always wanted to live abroad and I had lived abroad teaching English in Japan and um, my husband had the opportunity to join the Foreign Service and I said let's give it a whirl and he was thrilled because I had always thought that would be a bad idea because I had put so much effort into getting my degree and put thought you know if I go follow him around the world I'll never work again. Yeah. Um, but as luck would have it, 
we made it work. Wonderful. So did you think right away of building your company before you left or is it an idea that just grew? In which state of mind were you? You were excited to go abroad and that's great because you were from the start willing to do it. It wasn't something that stopped you. But right. what were you thinking regarding your career as you had just finished your, your degree in, in speech therapy? You know, honestly, when I started, I think I... I went into this knowing we had both decided to do this together. So I went in with a pretty open mind and I thought, well, you know, it would be nice if I could work maybe with kids who are disabled and maybe I could do something like that. Maybe I could volunteer. Mm -hmm. And then I thought maybe I could work in the embassies because they have programs for spouses. And, you know, it was one weekend to our move to Mexico And somebody called me and they needed a speech therapist for their American child. Mm -hmm. And that changed everything. I thought, okay, well, there are expats here. If in one week somebody needs a speech pathologist, there have got to be other people out there. So I decided, you know, I'll contact the schools. I'll let everybody know I'm here. I'll figure out how to do that. And I will be a speech pathologist. This is really great. And how come you had your first call? Did you already start? advertising it or I have a wonderful husband who's very supportive and <laughs> the, um, we were at a consulate in Monterey Mexico and the consulate asked him to write a little bio about him mm. and you know introduce his wife and he said my wife is a speech pathologist and the second that went out somebody was at his desk and said my son desperately needs a speech pathologist do you think she'll be willing to work and that was a very funny question And I didn't realize that so many people go abroad and they kind of give up their licensure and they give up, you know, their professional identity. So people aren't even, uh, you know, other fellow expats aren't even sure a spouse will work. Mm -hmm. But I was brand new to this and I was like, yes, I'll work. I can't wait. Yes. <laughs> This is fantastic. It's really great. You know, from the start of your journey, you immediately had this great opportunity to, to do what you always wanted to do. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, it, it was luck. It fell into my lap in, in a certain way. But, um, you know, it, it was something that I had to jump on right away and say, okay, I'm going to figure out how to make this work because the need is out there. So how did you move from you know, having this one single opportunity to becoming this much bigger company with all the people that work with you today? So, um, yeah, the first two tours abroad we did, it was a private practice. And, um, you know, I, I really started by letting the State Department know where I was and the State Department always knew where we were and they would send clients, uh, they would send families to my post because there was a speech pathologist there. And um, so the, the Foreign Service definitely knew who I was, and I was gaining a reputation as being reliable. And, um, you know, it was just, I heard about online therapy. Somebody said, have you heard about these online speech therapy companies? And I was like, that makes sense. That just makes sense. That's totally doable. Mm -hmm. And um, so I let everybody know <laughs> that I was going to start doing this online before I even knew what was going to happen. Oh. And, and I made it, um, you know, I went through training and um, 
I spent time with the American Speech and Hearing Association and with the American Telemedicine Association to make sure I was doing this right. And uh, first we started with the speech, like you said, and then we just kept going because once you're working with families that have children with special needs, you, you are going to more likely than not encounter a child that needs more than one service. Yeah, that's that's interesting. So what kind of training did you do to learn how to transform your like very one to one business into an online business? How what did you have to learn to do that? Oh gosh. Um I think the biggest hurdle was figuring out how do I see these kids online and make this work? How do I establish the relationship I've had with kids? in person. And that was actually easier than I thought because, you know, kids are now growing up in a day and age where they do meet people online. And certainly kids who live abroad have spent a lot of time seeing people on Skype or FaceTime. So they're kind the kids were very open-minded to it. It was convincing the parents this was a good idea, that the research was out there and that I had the right training and that, you know, this would work and I could help the kids. So, you know, the kids were all for it if I could get the parents to turn on the computer. <laughs> less and less I have resistance now, but I did have a lot of resistance because parents would say, well, do you think before we do this, could we um, maybe meet, maybe when we're on vacation in the United States, we could meet with you and the, our child could get to know you and you could build a relationship and then you could work with them online. And I had to say, yes, but we're losing valuable time. If we wait another six months, you're losing six months to help your child. So there was a lot of resistance. And, you know, I think the, the hardest thing I had to do was learn how to talk about what I did and um, be confident and uh, really give people the opportunity to learn with me. And I started offering free online trials so that people didn't feel like they had made an investment mm -hmm. before they really had a good idea of what was going on. Wow. So that, that, was, that was helpful for you to start the free trials? It was very helpful, yeah. Okay, that's a good advice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, you know, if people don't know what, you know, if something's new, People are uncomfortable with it. And that's that's our human nature. And I, I got it. I understood why parents felt that way. Because parents are only trying to do what's best for their child. And, you know, it, they could look at me and say, well, sure, of course you want to do it because you're making money off of it. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but, you know, the other angle is I am a speech pathologist. I went into this because I love what I do. I love helping children. So uh, I, I had to kind of get my foot in the door with every family yeah. and to get established. Yeah. What were the different phases of your growth? Because you started as a self-employed practitioner, then went online. And then today you have a whole team of practitioner that you work with, with, and you even expanded your services. So I'd like to, if you could take us through the, 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 the phases you've been through to be able to grow. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I, I started out as a single practitioner and any and every client that came my way because the Foreign Service was referring people to me. They liked this idea that uh, they all the people in the Foreign Service knew me, that I had been reliable in person and they believed, you know, in 
me and they trusted me to see kids online and that I would make this work and I would see the kids. So that was all great. I I decided I was going to do this as a business because, you know, when you're doing uh, things online, you can't kind of walk up to the person and collect their money. So I said, okay, I'll start this as a business. And I set up everything online. I set up my payment plan online and I found the right online um, platform to use for therapy. But, and I expected that people would really just love this idea and love this service. And I would just be a rock star and everybody would be calling me, but no, that's not at all how it, how it went. So I would occasionally get a referral and it started with a few clients And so, um, you know, at that point, I will admit, I, one day I just stood in the kitchen and cried and said, this will never catch on. (laughs) People people don't think this is, this is So why why was it so challenging? Is it because it was growing too slowly or you weren't having enough clients? Yeah, I, I, I think that was the hurdle I had to get over that when I was a practitioner abroad, I was the only one. And people came knocking on my door and they needed me. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't have to go looking for work. And then, you know, what we were, I was in the United States when we started, when I started the business. And so I, they're just, there are speech pathologists there. You didn't, you know, nobody was knocking down my door to get services. And I had to really build myself up in terms of resiliency so that I could, um, that I came to understand this is a business and it's, you have to make it grow. It doesn't just, it it doesn't just happen. They grow over time. And, um, I read a book called the art of the start. And I think that really helped me understand that we as Americans think, you know, we're always, we're always one step away from becoming super stars, being, becoming rich. We're going to all attain the American dream. And that's not how a business runs. So that helped me a lot because what the point of the book was, it doesn't matter what you're starting. Almost nobody walks into instant success. And then I started understanding, okay, there is a point to networking. It's not enough for me to call the state department and say, okay, well, I can do this. I put together a video and I went and I talked to them and I, you know, showed them this video. And then all all of them were like, okay, now we understand how this works. So if we refer you to somebody, now we know what we're talking about. And so it was those things and finding opportunities to speak and networking with people through the American Telemedicine Association and through the American Hearing Speech and Hearing Association. So very slowly but surely you know, I started building a clientele. Mm-hmm. And because my clients were living abroad, it became difficult to see all of them all the time. So, you know, there was a one point where I was working from like 4.30 in the morning till nighttime. And I would just take the clients whenever they needed to be seen because it was me. And it was my business. It was my baby. I had to take care of it. And then I brought on another speech pathologist and asked her if she would be willing to start working with some kids. And it grew from there. The need just grew from there. Absolutely amazing. You know, you've been sharing so many key information here. So I'm going to try to break it down. Okay. Uh, It's amazing. But 
I just want to clarify one thing before we mm -hmm. go further. You have started the business when you left to Mexico, right? You started. Uh, I left. Uh, I started the business right when we were leaving Brazil in oh, 2010. So, you, so uh, chronologically, you were in the U.S. Your first abroad posting was in Brazil. Was, sorry, yeah, no, no. Well, <laughs> we were we were in Mexico, okay, and then we were in Brazil, and I decided to start the practice when I was in Brazil, and okay. that was around the time we were leaving, and I really started working on it when we got back to the United States. Okay, and what happened when you were in Mexico and Brazil for you? Those were those were two private practices. I ran out of my house and I would see expat kids for therapy. And I would say in both cases, I was working about part time. I was working about 20 hours a week seeing kids for therapy. Mm -hmm. okay. And I would, you know, see kids at their homes. I would see kids at the schools. Um, I also get called by international schools where they would ask me to sort of come in on a Uh, on a contractor basis and help out with special education situations that arose. This is amazing because, you know, I, you know that the motto of Tandem Nomads is to say, how do we turn challenges into opportunities? And right. I do see that for you, it was a great opportunity to start practicing and you didn't have much difficulties finding clients when you were an expat partner abroad. And that was a great opportunity to start having your first clients and start practicing as a speech therapist. And then if I understand, well, you started really bumping the road when you went back to the U.S. And at the end, those challenges were for you an opportunity to build a bigger company. Right. And, and really make this a truly portable career. Exactly. Fantastic. Thanks for clarifying that. I just <laughs> yeah. want to make sure that we understand the setting before going more in detail. So the portable factor, that's a very important factor that I want to share here with Nomad Nation. I want to know what are the technicalities? Because you mentioned at the beginning uh, all these payment plans, the online platform that you you learn to, to develop for, to make these uh, therapy sessions happen. Um, what are kind of advice would you share and what kind of things did you implement technically to make this portable business happen? This is a great day and age to be an expat in with technology and the internet. <laughs> There are just so many online services now. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, there's accounting. Most accounting services are online now. You know, you can run a business online because you can get something like FreshBooks or Quicken. Yeah, things like that. And you can use those and you can do all your accounting on that and send out all your bills on that. PayPal works fantastically. Um, anybody anywhere in the world can use PayPal. So, you know, you I think it's hard when you start working and you start a business on your own to realize, oh, I'm going to give a cut of my money to PayPal so I'm going to get paid But what else are you, you know, what else you, what else can you do? You know, yeah. PayPal knows how to get it done. I did not know how to get these things done without getting a cut taken out. So, you know, I think you have to, you have to look for help where it's available. I was not going to be somebody who was going to create their own online platform. So I figured out which online platforms were out there and which one was going to work best for my company And that really came to me by networking with other speech pathologists. Mm -hmm. um, and then the payment plan, I 
I looked into online payments and PayPal was the most reliable for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got those things up and up and running. But then there's also just establishing a business. And I think, you know, I, for me, it was very important to be a business and not to be an individual because I think when you're moving around a lot, it's easy to look at the partner or the non-working spouse, somebody who's just engaging in things as a hobby. Mm -hmm. Thank you for bringing that up. (laughs) Yeah. Ways to just, you know, fill their time because they have nothing better to do. I needed to be a business because I was committed to this and I wanted to do this and I wanted no reason to get discouraged and bail out. So I went through all the hurdles of, you know, becoming incorporated, getting a DBA, which is doing business as. So I am, I'm Worldwide Speech Therapy Inc., but I do business as Worldwide Speech. Um, Getting licensure and getting liability insurance. And, um, you know, there were just a lot of things I didn't know about creating a business. And there are tons of books out there and they can kind of give you some stepping stones, um, you know, in terms of trademarking your logo, getting business cards, you know, getting a website up and running. There are a lot of little steps But until you have certain things, like until you have a website and you are present on the web, you are not a business anymore. (laughs) And, um, you know, you're you're not a business if you don't look professional. You know, there was nothing I could make that looked professional. So I got a graphic artist and she created a one of a kind logo for my company. Um, So there were a lot of little steps that... um, that I took and, uh, they, they're really critical to being a business and having people recognize you as a business. Yeah. This is, I really want to insist on something you said that's very close to my heart. And the, in the, one of the fundamentals here that I want to talk about is the importance of knowing what we really want to do as an expert partner and as an individual in general, when we start, an activity. Do we want to do it to keep ourselves busy or it's, and it's okay if we just want it as a hobby, there's no judgment there. There's no, not at all. And it's okay to just, you know, be active and do whatever makes us happy. Or do we want it a real business? And it's important to make that differentiation because that will help not go through certain frustrations. Um, And if we do go through certain frustrations, we know what to do about it because we know what we want. So I think one of the first steps that has helped you grow is to know that you didn't want to just be an individual, but you wanted to be a business. Yeah. And that's very important takeaway that I want to focus on that's what you've shared and once you've said you wanted to become a business you have made the research of all the things you need to be able to grow it and make it established and and take it where it is today starting with all the technicalities we talked about uh, you know the website the payment plan the booking uh, solutions but also legally what you have to do to set up your company um, etc very important things to take care of to be able to go through the you know first steps of creating a company and thank you for mentioning the book I will write it down the art of the start the art of the start yes uh and you said that it that helped you a lot to go through your frustration so could you tell us more about that 
Yeah. Um, what I like about Art of the Start is it's not a book about just starting a business. It's a book about, and now I'm trying to blank on the author, um, but The Art of the Start is a guy who talks about anything you, gosh, I, I really feel silly here. I can't think of the author. Um, <laughs> no, okay. I'll look for it and put it on the show notes page. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, but he calls himself an evangelical and that starting businesses is like almost a religion. You are going to go into it wholeheartedly. And it doesn't matter. And it's not just businesses. It's anything you want to start. If you want to start a nonprofit group, if you want to start a support group, if you want to start a business, you know, it, it doesn't have to be businesses in the traditional sense. You know, anything you want to start, if you want it to grow, if you want to make something of it, you, there are steps you're going to have to take. You're going to have to learn how to deal with people. And that was very helpful to me because I'd never hired anybody before. I was the one who got hired. Mm. I never did an interview. I never knew what to look for in people. And um, it, it really helped me with all of that, really appreciating the steps you take to make something grow. Yeah. What is the biggest advice and tip that has helped you grow? I will say from Art of the Start, the best advice he gives in the book is don't hire people because you like them and you think you would be friends. <laughs> hire talent. Mm -hmm. And that was truly the best thing. Thing I ever read because when we go into a work environment and we we get hired you know you're going to have colleagues that you truly respect because they're brilliant or they're good at what they do yeah. or you're gonna have colleagues that you really just like and you like working with them because you're compatible but when you're starting a company you need people who do what your company says it does. And my company was not about me having friends. My company was about who could be a good online therapist. And I was able to sort of get over my preference for personalities and say, yeah, we're, at the end of the day, it's not about whether or not we can hang out and have coffee. It's whether or not I can trust you to represent my company the right way and that you have the talent and capability that I really need. That's amazing. That's Thank you so much for that advice. I think that's what I've heard from so many entrepreneurs, and I see it with myself right now when I'm thinking of building my team. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to just you know think of somebody you get along well, but that's not what you need. You need somebody compatible work-wise, in terms of work method, you know, work-wise, but somebody also complementary who has the skills that you don't have, Right. Or who can do the or the the work you can't do because of lack of time? Um, yes, but and and I th and that's an important point. You have to be willing to kind of farm out the work because you can't do everything. Exactly, and that's hard. I see you today. You know, in my case, it's a bit like a baby. I think at the beginning, mm -hmm. you don't want to give it to your babysitter. Right. <laughs> You don't trust anybody with this. And it's so hard at the beginning to just uh, farm out, you know, and, and trust somebody else. But the trust is not coming come from from getting along with a person, although it's important still, or thinking we could be good friends. I think this is what you meant. Yeah. Uh, but more having somebody we can trust on a 
professional side yes. because they're so competent that they can take care of this as well as you do or maybe even better. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 You know, Very important point. <laughs> and, it, and when you own a business, I think it's easy to get caught up with yourself once you gain a little bit of success and you're like, I'm just good at this. Now I'm good at this. Now I know what I'm doing. But things are going to come up and you are going to always need other people. A business, you know, even if you're, even if it is a business that lends itself to one person doing the majority of the work, there will always be other players to, so that everything's getting done correctly. Exactly. Yeah. So you registered, I'm pretty sure your company in the U S right. Mm-hmm. Yes. And is there anything particular that you want to share in terms of the portability of the business in terms of taxes that we have to be aware of? And I know that for each country is different, it's different in terms of taxes, in terms of management. The, the thing about having portable businesses is to be able to take them wherever they are. But unfortunately, our world is still very local. We need to have mm-hmm. a base somewhere. Yes. And, <laughs> and yeah. your choice, I guess, and it makes sense to be in the U.S. But is there any obstacles to that when you travel? Now that you're in Serbia, was there any obstacle for you of being based in the U.S.? Or is it actually working fine? It's actually working fine, but I did... Um I did um, meet up with an accountant in California and explain my whole business to him and say, you know, I have to put it in your hands because this is a business. If I got sued, I don't want to lose everything I own Mm -hmm. (laughs) that my husband and I own. Um, So, um, you know, that was something I put money into. I traveled to California. I found the right accountant and um, I set up... he really helped me um, make sure that I was paying all the right taxes in California and um, paying into a retirement plan. He also helps with. But, um, yeah, he that was really critical because um, every state was different. Every state in the United States is going to be different. Every country is going to be different in terms of what it requires you to do as a business. Mm-hmm. And so it's important to know you know, where can my money go? And, and, and you do want one place where your money goes. Mm-hmm. And nowadays you can have money deposited into your bank account. So, um, I have a bank in California and I have my accountant in California and I pay my taxes in California. And, um, you know, I have franchise taxes. I have business taxes, but I pay them and I'm not going to run into legal trouble as a therapist doing business mm-hmm. in California. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm so but although your clients are all over the place. Yeah. I mean, financially I'm in California. Okay. <laughs> Physically everybody else is everybody. Yeah, your money is taking the sun there. That's great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Isn't that nice for my money? <laughs> <laughs> but if you get sued by somebody who's not from California, um, well, it's it's a complicated topic. And we're not going to go there, but it, it's kind of complex also, you know, in terms of legislation still nowadays, we still don't have a f- right. fully clear solution. Not because there is none, but it's just because it's so case by case. Right. And it, there is a lot of gray. There is, there is unclear legislation. Mm-hmm. And I do take steps to protect myself and my company. I carry liability insurance. I um, 
you know, let all my clients know that they are dealing with a business that legally exists in the United States and we we have to settle any disputes in the United States. Mm, it's part of your contract. It's part of my contract, yeah. Yes. Now, in saying that, you know, if it's not an American I'm dealing with, you know, I... I'll let you know if that ever comes up. <laughs> Hopefully not. Hopefully not. This is a low-risk profession. But these are important things to know. You know, these, these are important things to do. Yeah, yeah. So, And it's important. You, I like the fact that you do think of possibilities that you don't want to happen. And this is one of the messages also I keep – I might I – might, People might end up thinking I'm crazy after talking of divorce and having a plan and thinking always of the worst case scenario. <laughs> But yeah. it's not because we're negative. It's because we want to make sure that everything goes smoothly and life is full of un unpredictable things. And the best way to enjoy it is to prepare as much as we can. Exactly. And you did that. And you know, you went to a lawyer before you went abroad and you told him, this is my business and how can I protect myself as much as I can, although we can never be 100% prepared. Right. And, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a reason a lot of people don't do new things. They are afraid of risk. Mm -hmm. um, but there are people out there who can answer your questions and you, you can work within the purview that you think you're safe in, you know, that... Yeah that you're comfortable with. I would like to know a bit more about your services. Yeah, right. So we, um, we work with all ages. Um, you know, we have itty bitty, we have an 18 month old right now on up. Right. We see them all online. Um, so we um, work with, you know, just about any disability now from very mild things like a kiddo with a lisp Mm -hmm. to, you know, much more involved syndromes um, and lifelong disabilities. And um, the nice thing about having online therapists is that I can get the therapists who are truly experts in a field. So if I need somebody who has a lot of experience with, you know, like Down syndrome, that's, that's a fairly low incidence rate. There aren't that many individuals in the world with Down syndrome. So, you know, not all of us have the experience to work with those individuals, mm -hmm. but I can get that person up online because it doesn't matter where they are. I can get them. And so that's been the beauty of, um, of online services for these kids. So we really work with, um, anything, um, that comes up in development and in child childhood, um, and even, you know, adulthood. And, um, we provide, um, you know, the speech therapy they need, the occupational therapy they need and educational support. Um, and we're also really, um, amping up a service to tr help families as they transition when they move from one place to another, because we're seeing how kids fall through the cracks, how, services just kind of fall apart when people go to an, their next um, jobs. So you know, we're doing things like linking the schools and trying to make the schools talk to each other and say, you know, we've got so-and-so going to your school and this is what's worked here and this is what so-and-so needs to be successful mm -hmm. uh, and safe in school. So, you know, what can, we, what can we get established before they get there so that they walk into a safe environment? Yeah, that's, and the great thing is that 
they can also have the follow up that usually you don't have when you choose local doctors and right. and therapists. And that's I think the future for expats is to find right. these online services where you can continuously see the same person when it works. Yeah, continuity is very important. Yeah, very great. And there's one thing out of curiosity that I saw on your website is that you also do accent correction. Yeah, we do accent reduction. reduction. Well, reduction, sorry. Yeah, accent reduction. Uh-huh. And why, why would somebody want to reduce their accent? So, um, you know, this is something that's really come out of the business world in the United States. You know, we were in such a mobile world now. And what, you know, you can have a person who's really fluent in English and speaks good English and understands English well. And what they, you know, what a person might find is, wow, they're listening to the way I talk. They're not listening to what I say. Mm. And so that's what we really work on is really what is the business style of talking when you're in the United States? What makes for, for successful communication? So there is discrimination setting? based on accent, you believe? Oh, definitely. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like people who are quote unquote foreign. I mean, Southerners in the United States. Yeah. You know, that's a very strong accent. Yeah, it's a, that's a strong accent. You know, people don't associate it with sophistication, mm-hmm. be it right or wrong. They don't. Yeah. Um, so sometimes people, you know, need to make it mild or, you know, with some cases, people just drop their accent altogether. But the point is not to get rid of your accent. The point is that. People understand you well, and they listen to what you're saying. That's great. Okay, thank you for that, because I was really curious to know why would somebody do that? And, and actually, yeah, I can believe that if you have a strong accent, and especially in a business setting, it does drive away a lot of attention. Yeah. 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 And I think a lot of people miss opportunities because people are saying, well, they're just hard to understand on the phone. Yeah. You know, yeah. things like that. Definitely. Well, great. Uh, how can we find you, Erin? Okay. Um, I'm at uh, www.worldwidespeech.com. And um, you can contact me through that website. I also um, I'm Erin at Worldwide Speech. I answer all my emails. And um, my phone number is 571-247-4246. But I do have a 1-800 number that is 1-855-4-WEB-SLP. 1-855-4-W-E-B-S-L-P. Fantastic. Nomad Nation, I will put all these information on the show note page of this episode. So please check out her website and the great advice that you've been sharing with us. Thank you so much, Erin. This was really fantastic talking with you. Thank you very much. Thank you for the opportunity. Nomad Nation, I hope that you were inspired by the story and these great insights that our guests shared with us today. We are going to have our 50th episode coming up very soon. Oh my God, I'm so excited about it because I don't think that I would have been able to 
you know, keep on doing all these episodes and working on them and connecting with all these amazing guests if it wasn't for you, if I didn't know that you were out there listening. Because of that, I wanted to thank you and also give you a chance to share your voice this time with us. Share your voice and join the 50th episode voice party. So this is what I'm offering to you. Send me a little audio of three to five minutes that you can record on your phone or on your computer via, for example, QuickTime Player. It's very easy to set up. So send it to me by email or via wetransfer.com, which is a great platform to send documents to the email connect at tandemnomads.com and you just tell me in three to five minutes who you are and why you listen to Tandem Nomads what you like about it but also don't hesitate to share any extra insight you would like to share with us and uh, if you have also a blog or a link you want to share feel free so uh, I'm so much looking forward to this to our voice party together I'm going to collect all your messages and put them in the 50th episode of Tandem Nomads so I'm really really looking forward to that and uh, do not not hesitate to reach out and talk to you very soon.